Good afternoon, church. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. And God is so good that He wants each one of us to finish well until the end. And the only way to finish well is by having self-control. And what God wants us to be is be strong because we have self-control, which is the fruit of the Spirit. Now today we will see that one of the things that is opposite of self-control is a troubled mind. And we see that in the midst of the uncertainty in the world, in the midst of all the changes that happen, all the unexpected things that people don't know. Many people now, we see an increase in mental illnesses. People are so troubled in their hearts, in their minds. And there's even the numbers of the suicide has been increasing also. Because they feel that they cannot handle it anymore. The trouble in their minds is just beyond their ability. But God wants to give us a hope. That's why he wants us to be strong. And in order to be strong, we must having to deal with this troubling things in our minds. So let's read our scripture today from 1 Peter 4. Verse 7 until 11, if you all would stand up together and we read these verses. First Peter 4, verse 7, the end of, sorry, just hold on. Yes, thank you. First Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So when we have things that makes us restless in our minds, it can make us make decisions that are not in the right direction. And even more so, 
when we just picture it, we are in a battlefront, and we have soldiers. Can you imagine if some of the soldiers, they have troubled minds? What happened? They cannot focus in their battle, but their minds is just like going somewhere. Oh, sometimes it's being so burdened by the things. It's like overwhelming things. Can you imagine having a soldiers in the battlefront with those kind of things hanging over their minds? That will be difficult to win the war. It will be almost impossible when the soldiers are not focused. And even more so, it's the picture of us in the end times. When we are in the time where God is going to fulfill, God is going to finish his work of redemption, and while at the same time, our adversary, the devil, he also knows that his clock is ticking. So when the devil knows, uh-oh, my time is almost up, then he also try with all their might. He's putting a bigger armies of the darkness to accomplish his plan, because he knows that he has only a short time left. So it's very important that we conquer the battle in our minds first, in order to conquer the battle in our lives. Whatever in your minds, if you are being flooded, if you are being overwhelmed until you cannot do anything sometimes. And God knows in that place is the place where we should run to him, where, when we should cry to him. So we will see this is the letter that Peter uh, wrote to the disciples. And we focus on this scripture because this is prophecy of the scripture to prepare the church of God in the end times. So we will look the first one, what we should do. Number one, it is very, very important priority if we want to win the battle. Number one, we have to be able to pray. Verse 7, the end of all things. So all things have an end. The world is not going to be just like this. Another day again, going to work again, going back home again. That's not going to be forever. It says it's going to be one point where it's going to stop. We will not go to our workplace anymore. It will stop. 
this world will stop. It will not go on and on. The end of all things, everything has an end. So we need to watch. And it says, is at hand. Even more so for us who live in this age, we are even much more closer to the end of all things. Now continue, therefore, now this is very important. If we already know that everything someday will stop, therefore, this is what we should do. This is how we prepare for that point in time. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Other translation will say, unto prayer, to prayer. Now we cannot pray if we cannot control ourselves. If our minds is everywhere, sure there are times when, you know, I pray, I will just close my eyes and I will just connected with God. But there are times when my mind is like thinking about this, thinking about that. And maybe some of the problems that is so big in my mind, and I'm trying to pray. And it will take some time to quiet my mind first, to quiet my heart first, until I can pray. Now the word self-controlled, that means to be of sound mind. In one's right mind. So what is the standard of the sound mind that is being taught here? What is being in one's right mind? What's the standard? Of course, we are talking that God is having His absolute standard. And now, this is what we must be careful. The world is talking about there is no one way. Well, there are many ways to roam. As long as you do your own way, it's good. I do my own way, it's good. But does it in line with God's? God's truth will stand forever. And everyone will come to accountability to that truth only. There's no other standard that will be used in the judgment day other than the truth of God. So we need with humility of heart receiving the word of God as the authoritative truth. And to be self-controlled 
also mean to exercise self-control, to put a moderate estimate upon oneself, to think of oneself soberly, to curb one's passions. It's interesting that self-control means that you do not, you know, like being so proud about yourself beyond what there really is. That means self-control. So this is coming to a point where we must humble ourselves before God. God, who am I? What can I do without the grace of God? Without your help, what can I do? And be self-controlled and sober-minded. Sober means not intoxicated. Not being drunk. Being drunk on what? Being drunk on the pleasures maybe of the world. Being drunk maybe on the pursuit of success. We can be just being driven by the success that we are searching after. And that may cause us to be not being sober, not being circumspect. Now all these things, we need the Holy Spirit. Because self-control is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to, Lord, help us understand. Who am I? Help us to see my weaknesses, my frailty. And we need all those things in order to be able to pray. And when we read this, when the end of all things is near, number one, we need to be able priority prayer. So we need to, what is prayer? Why we need to pray? Why we don't need to, maybe number one, prepare, get ready for all the food that we need. Maybe, maybe you need to do that. But number one is you need to be able to pray. Prayer is connecting with God. Sometimes in our prayer, we only try one way. We only bring, Lord, this is my need. This is my problem. I need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's only one way. But in order for prayer to be connected with the heart of God, you need to also get the message from God. What does God feel? What does God wants to speak to me? What do you want me to do in this thing? So prayer is having that connection with God. And in order to be connected with God, there is no way if we do not get right with God. So number one and very important is we need to get right with God. That's why in your prayer, start number one with repentance. Every day, daily, there are things maybe that we speak, maybe that we do. Ask God to examine your heart, your mind, your words, your actions. 
Lord, is there anything? Please, Lord, cleanse me, Lord. I want to draw near to you. Forgive me, Lord. So that's the very first place in order to meet with God. And prayer, yes, we need to have the secret place. Sometimes we do pray before meals. Sometimes before we go to work, we pray. But there are a specific place of having a secret place where you are one-on-one -on -one with God. There is no distraction. There is nothing that you can, the moment maybe you touch your handphone, you were going to pray, but once you touch your handphone, once you feel like you just open up one message, and then the distraction is keep coming on. And then no time for prayer anymore. So there is a secret place of prayer where we just being only me and God, and I'm seeking only you. And that's a place of discipline. When you just wait on God, and so many people, they come short of waiting. When they feel like this is enough, I've been waiting for 10 minutes, that's it. And then we get out. And that's coming short of waiting. Lauren Cunningham, which is the founder of Youth with a Mission, he was giving, he's living out his life. He's giving example, he asked the students in the university, come, let's all pray. And when they pray, how long? And he will say, until God speaks. So how long? We don't know until God speaks. So the prayer continue on until very long time, go past night time. And if you know our church, we used to be a small church, but our church, one of the main thing that we do together as a church, we regularly, so many times we will pray all night prayer. And we will sometimes before that, we will go together out of town just to pray. In Ungaran, there is a Bukit Doa. And we used to be long time ago as a church, we go there together and we pray all night long. So this church comes from seeds of prayer. So many times, so many hours of prayer that I remember ever since I was little, that we will spend so many hours. And only when we get right with God, only then we can get right with others. Only when we get right with God, only when we find His forgiveness, we can forgive others. Only when we find God's unconditional love, only then you can love others unconditionally. 
There is no way you can love others, you can forgive others without receiving from God first. And prayer is not only get connected with God, but it's communion. Communion is becoming one. The very moment when you can become so close with God is only through prayer. And in that communion place, only then we can listen, start to listen to his heart. And how prayer is very important when I when I'm preparing this message, I realize that when the end of all things is near, number one focus that we need to do is prayer. But do you know how much the devil is trying to steal your prayer time? How much the devil is trying to say, okay, that's enough prayer. You've done enough. That's it. But we've never come in that union with God in our prayers. We only do lists of prayers. We only do requests. But God say for us, when the end is getting near, number one, you need to be able to pray. Now, church, uh, until today, we still open up the room behind here. Every day is open for prayer. We have prayer there every day from 8 until 12. So it's open. Everyone is welcome. Every month, we have the service, it's called gathering, where we come together to pray monthly. And every week, we have Saturday night prayer here. It's from 7 to 8, only one hour. So all those prayers are open for you. And please join. Because unless we come to that place of prayer, the true healing cannot happen. The true touch of God cannot happen. I remember in that one place, yes, sure, there was visitation of God in that place. And while people are being ministered after the service, you know, we will not leave the church until 10, 30, 11 at night. Because people still lingering in the church, they, they, they want prayer. They were being soaked in prayer. Maybe people are everywhere, on the floor, everywhere. But in that place, only when I was on the floor, in that moment, that's when God 
was healing. And I felt his healing was like streams of water, just washing and washing and washing. And when I get up from the floor, I was a different person because all the waters of God have flowed through me and washed away. So that's why I encourage you, church, if you, if you are on the floor, God has a time. It's not just to be down and you go up again. Let God finish his work. Ask the Lord, Lord, I'm here. What do you want to speak to me? What do you want me to know? So prayer is something that we all personally needs to put effort in. And when I talk about the secret place, you know, prayer is not only there. Maybe when you are driving your car, you can pray. Maybe when you are just like here coming to church, when you are singing, you can be in a posture of prayer when you are being connected with heaven. In everywhere, Anytime, you can be in a posture of prayer, and prayer will change your attitude. Prayer will change your perspective. Why? Because prayer will bring you going up to the throne of God. And there's one song, before the throne of God above. Prayer is the only instrument that can bring you up and once you are in a prayer, being one with God, your attitude and your perspective change because you see things differently. You do not see your enemies anymore. You do not see your problems anymore, but it's being in a much higher place. And you start to see the majesty of God. Wow, my God is bigger. Wow, God is so good, even though this, this, and that happened to me. And number two, continue in verse 8 and 9. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Number one is not only priority in prayer, but it's not only pray, 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 and do nothing. You have to take action in love, number two. Actually, a real prayer, when you get connected to God, it will compel you, just like Apostle Paul said, love compels me. If it's not because of love, well, he can just enjoy his life. Why he worry about going here, going there, while persecution people are trying to kill him? He said, love compels me. After you pray, we need to take action in love. And it says, above all, above everything, after you pray, what you need to do is loving one another earnestly. The word earnestly here, fervently, with such strong feeling, with such strong passion. 
since love covers a multitude of sin. When I think about this, you know how many of your sins God covers? How many? In one day, how many that God covers your sin? If God so covers your sin, God says, you love one another, you cover your brothers, the sins of your brothers, the multitude, many, 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 many sins. God is not counting. That's why we should not count either. And when we love God, God says, the whole law is summed up in this one law. Love one another. When we can say, I love you, God, but we, can, we cannot love our brothers and sisters, that's a big question. But if you truly have the love of God in your heart, you start to see your brothers and sisters as children of God. Even those that hurt us the most. Stephen, while people are throwing him stones and rocks. He said, God, forgive them. No other love can do that. Only the love of God. You cannot do it on your own strength. You cannot do it on your own goodwill intentions without the love of God. We cannot love one another earnestly. And love in action is being shown in verse 9. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know hospitality? is one of the service that is being mentioned. Hospitality is one of the criteria that people can be elected as a leader in the church of God. When someone is not hospitable, it's, it's one of the character of a leader in the eyes of God. Being hospitable means you make friends with strangers. It's not opening that's the real meaning of the word. You is not only opening to your own circle of friends, but you open yourself even to strangers. Because by entertaining strangers, you entertain God's messengers. And I'm glad some of you here, you're being hospitable, you're taking care, you know, of your friends here in the church, maybe in the care cell. And that's very beautiful in the eyes of God. We need to do it more. Even we need to receive strangers. 
and number three, all for God. Let me read verse 10 and 11. As each has received a gift. Let me just finish this sentence. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied or manifold grace. Every one of us has received a gift. Remember the parable, five talents, three talents, and one talent. God has given each one of us at least one talent. God has dispersed the gift. And we need to be accountable for the one that God has given to us. So if minimum, we all have one gift, and that gift, the talent that God has put inside of us, God says, use it to serve one another. If you do not want your mind to be troubled, you know, people get troubled in their mind because they are so focused on their self. My problem, oh, what happened with my work? But God is telling us here, serve one another. We are being created not to, for me, 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 and me. But we are created to serve others, going out. Serve others. When you start to see, wow, their problem is bigger than mine. But they can still praise the Lord. Now you are strengthened. Your mind, the trouble in your mind, you are being strengthened by the testimony of your brother or sister. When you start to go, sometimes when we take people to the hospitals, then they start to, oh yeah, yeah, look. What they are going through is worse than me. And that will start to put things into perspective. So God wants us to serve one another as good stewards. That means one day, God, the boss, the creator, will ask accountability of his stewards. We are only managers of the gift of God, of the resources that God put in our lives. One day he will ask, what have you done with the wealth that I give you? What have you done with the friendships, all the friends that you have? Verse 11, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles, words of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So God wants us in everything that we have. Maybe your talent is cooking. So when you cook, you ask the Lord, Lord, I want to serve you. Whom should I bless? When everyone comes, like to the church or to the small group, connect groups, you don't come with the perspective, what can I get? Oh, I don't feel 
blessed in this uh, connect groups. Maybe I'll just go to the other one. Because when we come, we feel like, give me something, give me blessing. But when you come, change. God says, serve one another. I want to bless someone, Lord. What can I bless? Whom can I bless today? When you come to church, whom can I bless, Lord, today? Maybe you bless with your smile. Maybe you bless with your conversation. You bless with your care. Maybe you bless with food that you cook. Anything. Any talent that God has put in your life. And God wants us to do everything is for God even when we speak. It's not only the speaker here who should speak the words of God, but every one of us. Can you imagine when you only speak the words of God, there will no curse coming to your children because you only speak God's word. There will be no broken relationship because many of broken relationship comes from communication breakdown. As we learn to pray, as we learn to love God, we can learn to listen to Him. What do you want me to speak, Lord? Just like speaking here. We cannot just stand up here and speak whatever I want. <laughs> but we need to spend hours and hours and hours seeking God. Lord, what do you want to speak? It's not me. It's your word. And how great it is if every husband, every leaders in the household Speak only the words of God. Your family will be blessed. There is no curse. There is no sickness because your words is only blessing. Your words is declaring the faith that you have from God's word. And whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order, the purpose in everything is to bring glory to God. That's what we are created. We are created to bring praise to God. Now, if we are created to bring praise to God and we don't want to do it, no, I'm still occupied with my business. I'm occupied with my family. Then the trouble came to our minds. Because the way you are created is for others. You are functioning well if you give to others. But when you say, no, I don't want to give to others. I don't want to give my time. I don't want to give my money, my attention, nothing. You only focus on yourself. Then the troubled minds come when you so focus on your own problems, what happens when you praise God? Praising God is getting out of your problems and you start to give praise to God. 
I can complain about my problem, but I choose to get out of me, 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 and me, and I praise you. So, let's step in obedience to God's word. However small it is, when you start to serve one another, start with the carousel. Start with whomever you meet. But this has to be done in order. Number one, prayer first. If you do service first, no prayer, no love, only service, you will be worn down. You will be tired because you try with your own strength. But if service comes from prayer, comes from love of God, and you will operate by the strength of God, by the word of God, to the praise of God. Amen. Let's have the worship team to come forward. And let's all stand up together. Let's sing this song before the throne of God above. We have a great high priest. His name is love. He is always interceding, praying for me. May we be known as people who walk with God through our prayers. May we be known as a friend of God because we spend time with Him. Be 